Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. This is Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music, and I want to welcome you to this very different show today. Today's show starts out with the question What is a genius? Now, sometimes we hear words all the time using vocabulary, and we just wonder. What what does it mean? Well, today we're going to expound on this word genius with two very special guests, Alicia Lola Jones, who is an ethnomusicologist, scholar, soprano, you name it. She's a wonderful resource to the community. And also David Huey, who, ha- who was a member of the acclaimed cast of the Broadway revival of Porgy and Guests. We're here today to discuss this whole idea of a genius as we prepare for the 2012 Genius Conference for Men being held here in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Good afternoon to both of you. Good afternoon. It is such an honor to have two geniuses on the line today. Thank you so much uh, for joining the show today. Now, Alicia, (laughs) you like that, huh? (laughs) Yes, I do, absolutely. Alicia, it's such a joy to have you on in particular. And now, I was honored to be at the very first inaugural Genius Conference for Men. I just thoroughly enjoyed myself as a participant myself, so I just wanted to definitely say that. But could you go ahead and let the listeners know what inspired this conference, uh, Genius Conference for Men, that's going to be held in Washington, D.C. next month? Thank you so much, Patrick, for having me on your show. I really appreciate this opportunity to share about Genius for Men. You know, Genius for Men is uh, our um, opportunity to show the ways in which men are responsive and thoughtful in our communities. A lot of times uh, women like myself are often shown images of men's physical attributes, how they look, how strong they are, their athleticism, but rarely do we get a chance to allow men to express, to uh, share their imagination, their dreams, as well as their aspirations, the things that they're willing to invest in. And so Genius for Men is a honors program that we have in southeast Washington, D.C. at the ARC, where we celebrate community between men and women, male high achievement, and men's transcendence within their profession. We want to show that being a genius is something that is in style and that you can be accessible as a thoughtful man in our community. Now, you have several geniuses uh, who you're honored that I that I definitely admire, one of which is uh, the conductor of the Soulful Symphony, uh, Darren Atwater. Could you maybe um, just elaborate further on the different honorees for this year's program? Yes, Darren Atwater is one of eight individuals that we will be recognizing um, at the Genius for Men Honors. Darren Atwater is a a, a jewel in in our community. He has brought to the national stage um, our beloved spirituals and has also shown immense excellence within the classical world as a graduate of Morgan State University as well as um, Johns Hopkins University. He, along with Byron Nichols, who is a Howard alum, he is a personal fitness instructor. They both will be honored. We also have uh, Bruce Proctor and Glenn Proctor. They are designers who got their start working with uh, the House of Darion, Beyonce's line. They've also worked with 
uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs, as well as Nelly, uh, those two brands, which are very popular in the hip-hop world as well as in urban fashion design, and they are in their early uh, 20s. We also have Joe Briggs, an attorney who is the founder of an amazing organization called Impact Your World. Some of you may have heard of it at the Congressional Black Caucus. Last week they had this beautiful red carpet where they acknowledge uh, leaders who are doing social justice and direct action, specifically in politics and policy. Uh, we have Reverend Otis Moss III, who is the pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ. He is often referred to as the hip-hop preacher. And I can speak from personal experience that Reverend Otis Moss is, is unique in that not only does he have authority within the pulpit, but he really takes seriously mentoring young ministers and young public figures who want to do more than posture, who want to do more than look the part, but who really will wrestle with the issues that our community face. And then we have Jeff Johnson, who you may know from MSNBC or BET. He is a journalist and activist, um, very active with the NAACP and other hip-hop um, forums and summits that really bring to the fore the concerns of young people. And then also one of my big brothers from Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and he's also from Southeast Washington, D.C., Lamont Rucker. You may know him from Meet the Browns or uh, Tyler Perry's um, movie, uh, Why Did I Get Married? But he also is the founder and educational director for the Black Gents of Hollywood, a group of men who have really taken on the challenge of doing original works that inform uh, our people about our stories, the heroes that we have, and the complex sort of figures that are within our our history, really bringing, bringing to the forefront the ways in which we need to be proud of the journey that we have had. So we are excited also about um, our partners, the Boys and Girls Club, Pandit Wright. We're, we're honoring them for their work in southeast Washington, D.C., um, at the ARC where we will be having uh, this this event. So I'm so excited about these men and our, our sister who will also be recognized and just what they represent in terms of versatility um, and really engaging social justice and direct action uh, in D.C. and abroad. Um, so thank you so much for asking. We are really excited about it. It is really an impressive roster of honorees, and it's such a rich cross-section across of discipline, so I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. And I and being a part, speaking of being a part of it, I want to go now to David Huey, who has uh, been performing with the Broadway revival of Poor Game Best, and I just want to welcome him um, on this morning. Good morning, well, good afternoon, rather, David. Good afternoon, Patrick. I just before we start, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And I have listened actually to your show quite a number of times and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Well thank you so much. You know how to flatter guy. I really appreciate that. Now I wanna move on with you. I wanna move on with you, um, as we're talking about this whole concept of genius and and I understand that you're one of the performing artists. Uh, in this program, what does genius mean to you as it pertains to uh, the plight of the African-American male in the performing arts, particularly classical music? You know, I think in that, I think there are many types of genius. 
And, uh, you know, I think one of the most common types of genius is, is someone who is sort of born with, with a proclivity for something and then and somehow if during the course of their life just maximize that and be sold out and submitted to that. I think in the context of African-American men in the performing arts, genius to me is um, is, is is someone who is sort of, completely uh, submitted to whatever it is that that they do, that they perform. If you're a pianist, if you are a, an actor, if you're a singer, um, completely completely submitted and almost um, sort of like a vessel, mm. um, completely sold out, completely being used by, you know, the thing that it is that you do. I love it. My goodness, that is just profound. Um, when we talk about genius in terms of the performance, I know that you recently uh, performed um, in Poor Game Best, and congratulations, by the way. That's that's a major um, achievement for this particular revival. I wanted to know, was there Thank anybody, I, know that, I don't want to get you in trouble, but were there any particular castmates, maybe uh, veteran performers in that cast that maybe stuck out to you that would really resonate with this whole genius thing? Oh, definitely. Um, it was such a talented cast. It's such a talented cast. Um, I have to say that leaving the experience, um, and of course she's not an African-American male, but um, um, Audrey McDonald to me uh, oh, certainly yeah. embodied genius. I mean, I, I knew the legacy. I knew the work. I had the CDs. I you know, went to college and was always listening to her voice and, and all of that. I didn't understand her process and I didn't understand her art. Um, and when I showed up at the first rehearsal of Porky and Best way back in, I, I guess it was November uh, of, of last year, um, I just got to witness this, like, eighth natural wonder of the world um, <laughs> rehearsing and going through this process of internalizing the role of Beth and and becoming this. I've never in my entire life seen someone be so, and I, I don't want to use the word possessed, you know, in 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 a negative way, but so, so completely um, possessed by a character. Um... I just it was unbelievable and then and I think the even more shocking thing to me coming from the opera world where we only do a few performances of any given opera. Um it it'll it run for a couple of months and then and it's done. Um she did it every single time. Every mm-hmm. single time. Um the tears, the the yelling, the guttural responses, the the um the looks, the glances, the, the everything, the implant, everything, every single time, hundreds of times. And I, I walked away from that experience having had a master class every single night for almost a year. Wow. Just a parallel between um, your mentioning um, Audrey McDonald and this whole uh, firmament uh, uh, as far as her, her um likeness to a genius, that makes me really think about, Alicia, you've done a really good job with the roster of uh, people that you have chosen to honor because they are all genius and the fact that they're all consistent in what they do. I mean, each one of the people uh, that you have uh, 
put before us, go back to uh, what David was saying as far as just really uh, embodying uh, their craft and really embodying their art. So congratulations to you for just assembling this wonderful cast of honorees. Oh, thank you so, 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 so much. And I'm so honored that David is joining our our cast of of, uh, tributors to these these people. David and I have a long history, and I am so, so godly proud of all that he has been able to do, the places that he has gone, and the grace with which he has done it. And I can testify to the fact that David is very humble, very talented, and such a brother. So I celebrate you, David, and thank you so much for consenting to join us on on October 13th. I can't wait for people to see you shine. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I'm, 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 now, you two, now you two went to school together, that. right? Yes. 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 We called him the yes. bishop back then. Bishop David. Yes. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Can we can we speak further about that on the show? I don't he know. Has I got an authority. <laughs> he has an authority, but he also I, I really feel like people who have authority are given that authority because they know what to do with the grace that has been bestowed upon them. Oh. And I remember the contours of my time at Oberlin, and David was consistently an encourager, consistently just a support. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we've gone to Italy together. We've done master class together. We've done gospel and opera. We were in the same voice studio together. So, yes. We sure were, yes. Yeah, wow. yeah. She's being very tame. She's being very tame. Elise and I, and we had a little crew and we, for, I don't know, a long time, were just tight as, you know, as freaking frack. We would we would just be in the dorm room. Listen, of course, I mean, we had CDs. I don't know if, that, if that's outdated, but we would be listening to CDs and music for hours and hours and laughing and going out to eat and, like, doing all this stuff together. And I, I actually directed the gospel choir there at Oberlin for some time, and at least it was, like, one of my right hands and, um, okay. We just, yeah, we were very close, very close in school. Yeah. We would listen to a lot of music. Yeah, we had a lot of CDs. Oh, my God. Oh <laughs> now, my speaking God. of the master class, I'm sorry, speaking of the master class, David, I understand that you were instrumental in organizing this master class at Oberlin that was led by the late, great Sylvia and Olden Lee. Tell the listeners about that experience. And that's a wonderful D.C. connection. We would love to hear about that. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sylvia Olden Lee is so prolific and so people don't know the influence that she has had on the, in the classical music world, in the opera world, um, in, in history. Sylvia Olden Lee was very vocal and, and very much um, an agent in bringing in artists like Marian Anderson to the Metropolitan Opera and a whole slew of African-American artists that followed that. Um, I think people don't also know, from what I understand, you know, she was a coach at the Met for a long time. And, she, you know, it's not just African-Americans that are um, 
that got a chance to be a part of that legacy. I mean, I, I hear that she coached, uh, like, Maria Callas and some of the other people who were, you know, at the Met at that time. And um, I, I was really, really an academic um, when I was in school and, and, and even afterwards and, um, you know, just researching who this woman was then finding out that she went to Oberlin. She went to the school that I was attending at the time. And so... Um, Myself and um, another dear friend of mine, Marty Newland, um, who, who co-founded the Black Musicians Guild there at Oberlin Conservatory, um, started to just get to talking, like, why hasn't our school recognized this woman? What can we do about it? Um, and so we went about the process of petitioning for her to be brought in to do a master class, and um, we started to petition for her to get um, an honorary doctorate. And it was it was so easy because everyone, after just looking at her legacy, um, immediately jumped on board. And it was one of the most amazing experiences. It was a transformative experience for me. Um, I had never met someone who was so blunt, who was so <laughs> just raw, and um, but there was this like love behind it. You know, you would start singing, she would stop you and tell you you sounded absolutely horrible. But for some reason, you didn't feel bad. You you felt like <laughs> you know you're being chastised by a mother, and that you just needed to do better. And she, you know, she Sylvia. I think talking about genius, Sylvia, the genius. She knows. She had a running catalog of of every aria in the operatic canon, and she would yeah. play it by ear, without, excuse me, not by ear, but from memory, without a score. She came and played one of my voice lessons one time, and, um, you know, my teacher says, okay, so what are we going to sing? And I'm, I think it was Bella Sicomi and Angelo from La Pasquale and, and, and a couple of other arias. And so I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, we're ready to go. And I'm looking at Sylvia thinking she's going to pull out the score because I had given her the music or whatever, and she's just like, well, I'm waiting for you. What key do you want to sing it in, you know? And, um, I mean, that was a joke. She always joked like that. But then she would start playing it. And it wasn't, it was note for note what was in the score. It wasn't some improvised version or some relative version. She just was a genius. I, I never met anybody who could do that. Never met anybody else who could do that. Wow. Now, anybody who knows me knows that my favorite singer, of course, is Kathleen Battle. So anything associated with her, I always collect. And the first time I ever knew anything about Sylvia Odenley was when I was um, probably my freshman year at Virginia State. I saw the documentary called Baroque Duet, which chronicles Kathleen Battle and, and Wynn Marcellus. And, of course, Sylvia Odenley is on there coaching Miss Battle. And like you said, she's very very blunt because I remember Miss Battle singing the Bach, the Yorkshire Galton, all in London, and she said, oh, "God yeah. is here, praise Him." <laughs> she did not. She did not care that she was talking about classical music. She knew that the music still praised God, and she wanted that to be communicated. So I just really appreciated the the bluntness, but also the authenticity in which she she delivered her uh, instruction. And then, of course, here in Washington, D.C., we just love her because Hans Lee Opera is, is named uh, for her, and she was instrumental 
here in D.C. Now, David, talk a little bit more about your performance. I've been reading about your performance. I'm, I'm excited about your tribute performance at Genius. Tell me a little bit about your performance, and I understand that uh, Tony Walker, who's a, a D.C. state boy, is going to be accompanying you. Yes. Okay. So I am so excited about performing with Tony Walker, performing at the conference. And honestly, I can't tell you a lot about the performance yet because I don't know exactly um, what what it is we're going to do. I think I may do one piece of musical theater um, and one piece that's classical, but, you know, we're still uh, going back and forth about what would be the appropriate repertoire um, I want to definitely utilize my range, and I want to utilize Mr. Walker's range. And so I think we may end up with some sort of hybrid classical something um, along with a you know a piece that's musical theater. But I'm just going to be happy to be there. I'll sing the ABCs. <laughs> I'd be happy to, to be at the conference and um, be among, be surrounded by, so many talented, intelligent uh, black men. Um, I think mm. that'll be so encouraging to me and so uplifting to me. And I'm just looking forward to being there. I'm excited too. It just has me bubbling over. And I want to. I want to just segue to you, Alicia, um, because uh, David's last statement about being excited about being around other black men brings me to another point. Alicia, what do you think it takes in this? this culture and this season that we're in now, what does it take uh, to become a genius and and, and maintain uh, your status of being a genius as far as excellence is concerned? Mm, I love that question so much. And I want to say before I answer your question that Tony Walker is a past recipient of our award. He was a... Indeed. Yes, and so we love Tony Walker. He's a great mentor to a lot of the young musicians, and he is a faith-filled man who is exceptional classically and in terms of jazz, so I want to shout him out. But to answer your question about what does it take to be a genius, um, I define genius perhaps in a, a sort of MacGyver way. I think of a genius as a person who takes what they have, even if it's unrelated talents, even if each talent doesn't seem to fit together, but they use their imagination to make what they have work. Mm. I think a person who is a genius, they they may not be able to to articulate how all of their interests come together, but they are willing to to have courage to pursue what they do with all of what they've got. Really, really piggybacking off of what, you know, David said. I think for us to discover our genius, it takes us being unafraid of failure um, and really stepping out on faith. There's a faith component to it, and then there's also an imagination component to it that links up with your heart, and when it all comes together, your faith, your imagination, and your heart, there's magic. So that's mm. And each one of these men, have, have they've demonstrated humility. You know, you organize these sorts of events, and everyone has schedules. Everyone's in demand. Everyone's sought after. But each one of the men and women that have been a part of the planning of this have really been humble um, and really are interested in doing something that shows 
that we can do meaningful things together. That's genius to me. That's thoughtfulness, and that is really being innovative. So, yeah, that's genius. That's genius. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you almost made me just jump. <laughs> <laughs> you really did because they're important. Because, um, you know, that was so well said, Alicia, and I, I don't know what else to say, but I guess what I can go back uh, to David, you know, I know that you have accomplished great things, and and I'm and that certainly warrants you to be a genius. But maybe, but could you maybe talk to, or, or speak to the audience? I mean, sometimes even myself, you know, you get discouraged, you get frustrated, uh, particularly those who are in the in the area of classical music per se. Being an African American, you get easily discouraged, and you might miss your ticket to be a genius. What has kept you encouraged, David, on this road, even with your Broadway and all the options you have had? What has encouraged you to to just keep on keeping on? Um, well, honestly, um, I would say that it, it's my spirituality. Um, mm. I, I, I had, I, I, you know, I don't want to refer to myself as a genius, but just as, uh, as someone who I feel, um, I, I feel that I'm called to do what it is what I do. Mm. Um, and the universe sort of has given, you know, I, I believe in this sort of plan that, you know, that that's for me. And, and um, I definitely, definitely had some very, very discouraging moments. I was um, a lot, maybe a year, just before Morgan and Beth, I would say maybe a year and a half ago when I was living in um, Berlin. Um, at one, at, in, in one way, it looked like things were lining up for me. Um, and then all of these things happened at one time in my life, and it just completely went. I had never hit such a low. I had never, ever, mm. ever, ever hit such a low. And um, I felt at that point that totally wanted to give up. It was practical for me. Um, you know, I didn't need the attention, the acclaim, or the money, or, or you know, all of that stuff, even though it's nice. And I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign that, you know, I need to do something else. And um, then I, I sort of felt, maybe even heard like a voice um, kind of indicating to me the reason this is happening to you is because you're chasing success and you're not called to be successful, you're called to be great. Mm. Those two paths, those two paths are very different. And so then I had to go about the process of being built up in a way um, that I was focused on the call and not the physical attributes of a successful career. And once I made that decision, and once I, I came to that realization and that epiphany, um, I've been able to stay on track. It's, it's, it's very easy to stay on track. I, I understand what it is that's going on now. I didn't know what it was going on before. I, I was ready for money, and I, you know, I was ready for success, and I was ready for all those things. But I, um, I wasn't ready for the actual meat of it. And once, yeah, once I realized that that, that was what I was called to do, um, that that thought still today, you know, in discouraging times, in with the obstacles and everything else. Uh, keeps me on track and keeps me keeps me focused on what it's have to do. 
successful versus great. I hope the listeners took a note <laughs> took a note of that. I need to transcribe that whole entire section of Mr. Huey's comments because that is a Facebook status. It's one thing to be successful, but you were called to be great, and that that was really the icing on the cake. Thank you so much. Now, Alicia, you're right here keeping your your thumb and your tab on what's going on in the Washington D.C. area. Um, even though these persons are not recognized. Um, in this particular program, uh, the story of genius that really fascinated me of late is the story of our brother Solomon Howard, uh, who recently has, oh, my goodness, who's recently had this wonderful success at Washington National Opera from being homeless on the streets and, you know, seeing a murder before he was 10, and now he's singing on one of the world's greatest stages. So we must must shout him out. What do you think about that wonderful story? I have so much to say about that. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to Solomon Howard and to his family, his mama, daddy, and all of them, all of his brothers and sisters. I grew up with Solomon. Um, We went to church together. We sang together. We did arts programs together. I remember when he was a boy soprano singing, You Are So Beautiful to Me. Um, we were in, we were in the Washington Performing Arts Society and traveled uh, to Spain together and throughout Europe. And I am so godly proud of him as well. Um, another uh, mutual friend of ours, uh, Patrick, David, Morris Robinson, and I were chatting about um, just how you know how wonderful his talent is, and to know how he um, stayed committed to his craft and Mm. how persisted when so many hurdles came up um, to see him really uh, be be ready for the moment and that the moment is not too big for him, that Mm -hmm. is awesome, that he is, it fits him well, it suits him well. Um, He's always been a man of of great stature, and it's just it's great to know that uh, now that the light is shown on him, he has a story, a compelling story, to put a face to the people that are often um, overlooked or underestimated. And that's what I'm interested in. I want mm. people to see. I want people to know that we are doing things worthwhile, even if they don't know us, even if we are strangers or or unassuming characters that they pass by. That there are folks who really are trying to do this thing right. And so I salute him as a single parent, as a young man in the arts. I know that it's hard for African-American men to ascend. And then for him to ascend in one of the major stages in the U.S., in the, U- um, the nation's capital, it's so inspiring. And it really has renewed my interest and my love for our craft. And so... Oh, shout out to you, Solomon. I am so proud of you. <laughs> and you guys know another thing I wanted to say is that this whole, oh, my goodness, I think I know that the genius is, is, is we're talking about honorees and so forth, but I think that to be a genius, you also have to have this spirit of of humility and of graciousness with the gift of that you've been given, and each one of the persons, Alicia, that I feel that you're honoring, even to speak directly about them, their reputations, even uh, speaking with, with David, 
the reputations of all these persons involved, they precede them with such honor and such uh, respect. It's, it's nothing, you know, um, ill or disparaging that I've, I've ever heard about the way any of the honorees carry themselves. Not that that's important because sometimes you can have a genius talent, but you can have an awful disposition that Come really on. negates yes. the genius yes. that yes. you have. <laughs> Yes. You know, and I think it's very important, you know, that that we really speak on the character of these persons that you have selected. I mean, I mean, you, bravo, you have done a wonderful job at this. Oh, thank you yes. so much. You know, each one of the, the people that are being recognized, um, they, there's a relationship that is the foundation of them being honored. Uh, just as you said, um, I can't think of a person that we have recognized who we have not received emails or letters saying, oh, my God, thank you, this person has changed my life. Like, for example, I just was speaking to someone yesterday who who called about three people on um, our slate and said, number one, they had lost 100 pounds because of Byron Nichols' boot camp that he does in the mornings to address Mm. obesity and the health of believers as well as black folk um, in the <laughs> area and talking about Darren Atwater and his involvement with allowing our community to lift their voice and to shine on public programming. And then also uh, the work of Reverend Otis Moss uh, III and just how, let me tell you, I, I'm a minister and I, I get to be around a lot of guys all the time and I see a lot of posturing uh, you know, talking about tailored suits and cars and brand name things, nothing mm. holy material. But he was one of the first young preachers when I was in divinity school at convocation at Yale Divinity that actually came up and said, what is it that you are here and called to do? And he actually listened. He actually wanted to know about what brought me there. He didn't care about what pulpit I'm associated with and my affiliation, but he knew that for me to have made that journey, this this uh, path must mean something. And another minister called and said the same thing, that he would, you know, handwrite letters to, to encourage. You don't hear that often, unfortunately. A lot of mm. folks are swept into the aspiration towards celebrity and renown and being a public figure. However, that ministry of presence and touch has declined. And, and so I'm, I'm so thankful that each one of them are, are come with great reputation and great reference. That's important to us. We're trying to redefine the images of black men in our community and to normalize achievement so that uh, black men won't feel awkward amongst themselves and so that we as black women can engage and have even greater expectation for the community that we're creating right now. Mm, that is fascinating. And and just to go into that further, David, um, you know, you have certainly uh, been thrust into the spotlight, you know, for your wonderful performance with uh, Porgy and Best, even though the, the performance, of course, is in New York, that certainly is a national stage, of course. New York City is certainly the, the mecca for the arts. Uh, what has been your response, not to put you on the spot, but what has been your response as far as um, – not necessarily your response, I should rather say the reaction um, after you have been in such a prestigious performance, like from your family and friends. What was that response like? Uh-oh, hello? 
Hello? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I, uh, I, 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 I thought I lost you guys. No, 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 no. I, I've received a tremendous amount of support, and um, it's really just been that. It's been support. Um, I haven't had a lot of, you know, the negative things that a lot of people um, say. Uh, a lot of people talk about um, it's all been support. My family is, um, you know, is my heart. They're, they're, they're supportive in everything I do. They don't even care what it is. They don't care about the prestige. Um <laughs> They come to every single thing they can, and they've been so supportive. Uh, my friends um, have been supportive, and um, yeah, it's been great. That's amazing because somebody told me some somebody told me a long time ago: the taller the tree, the easier it is for you to cut the tree down. And sometimes it can be a crab mentality, you know, especially in the black community right. when one is succeeding. And I think this whole conference is a prime example of how we're really trying to rally together to support, you know, one another, particularly support, you know, the contributions of African American. Uh, males in in these various arenas. Alicia, just as we round up the um, the show, first of all, I want to thank you guys for joining me today. It's been so informative, and I've just enjoyed really unpacking this concept. Alicia, could you tell us uh, further, or tell the listeners rather, a little bit more of how they can access information about the conference and uh, registration and so forth? Yes, I can. And if I may just um, really address something that you just mentioned, which sure. was a question I posed um, to to some of the honorees, and I um, I got a response back about this whole crabs in a barrel mentality, you know, this unlearning of being competitive and not believing that there's room enough for us all to succeed. And one of the honorees um, replied, in a very uh, very inspirational manner, and I asked if I could share uh, their thoughts. Um, their reply was the following, that um, that they attribute uh, their ability to look beyond the crab barrel mentality to their parents, their community, and to the people who have shaped their artistic career. Then they wrote the following, um, and it's kind of like a, a, a confession or a reflection. They wrote, I am God's son. The universal power of love and light live in me. The foolish habits, cowardly choices, insecure fears, and immature behaviors of other men will not shape my path. My name is the sun. I shine, I warm, I feed, I fertilize, I provide, I nourish, I teach, I do not rest. I disappear only in the eyes of those who can't see me. Until I rise and shine upon them again, those who receive and embrace my warmth join me and allow me to align with them so that we can shine upon others. Together we can do anything. That was sent um, from my big brother, Lamar Rucker, just to encourage the other men um, not to participate in being crabs in a barrel. And so mm. I'm excited that off of the cuff we can think and dig deep into our wills to encourage each other to be greater, to be better. People can find out more information about Genius for Men at geniusformen.org, or you can call us at 1-888-422-9179. That's 1-888-422-9179. It will be held on October 13, 2012 at 2 p.m., and I look forward to 
seeing new faces and for everyone to share their souls on that stage as a part of the tribute and the synergy that will be created, uh, the new collaborations. We always have collaboration stories that come of it, um, even from its infancy. Uh, we've always had someone coming back and saying they have joined forces with a, uh, a decision maker or an artist in, or, in order to realize their vision for the community. And so um, I look forward to seeing you. My name is Alicia. Give me a hug when you see me. Thank you so much, Pastor. <laughs> and I just Thank wanted to, to cut in on, on the former comment that, that she was making. I feel like a lot of people don't know, um, especially in, in the performing arts industry, there there can be it can feel like there are just not enough slots, and that all of us black people are are, are competing for the same slots. Um, but I think people don't understand that not only is there room enough for everybody. But it really propels you forward mm. to propel other people forward. It really does. I've noticed that the the more you sit back and are jealous of other the attention that other people are getting, the jobs that other people are getting, the things that other people are doing, you close yourself off. You close your own energy field down. Nothing mm. can come into it. Nothing can come out of it. And you really hold yourself back. But if you can make yourself available to your friend who has a call back to help him read, him or her, read through their sides or through their lines, you can, you know, be there for someone. If you can help, to, I've noticed it in my own life. You, you, will, you will move at a much faster uh, velocity than, than you would sitting back and, and being, you know, cantankerous. Wow. You all heard that right from the bishop. Wow! I'm just kidding, but thank you guys so much for joining us today to discuss uh, basically what is a genius, and I hope that the listeners really ponder that as you go throughout your day. Again, this has been Patrick B. McCoy, the African American voice of classical music, today joined by Alicia Lola Jones, the founder of the Genius Conference for Men, and also joined by David Huey, a cast member of the Broadway revival of Portman Best, graduate of both Oberlin and Manhattan School of Music, and we're just so I'm just so excited to have had both of them on today. Again, I hope that you all will definitely uh, support the Genius Conference for Men. As Alicia mentioned, it's going to be held on October 13th at the ARC Theater in D.C. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you. you, Patrick. I had a ball. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Again, this has been Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music. I want to thank you again for joining this special show. What is a genius? Again, you have been joined today by Alicia Lola-Jones and David Huey discussing with Patrick E. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music, the 2002 Genius Conference. Man, on a personal, I want you all to really support this organization. They're going to be honoring men who have made notable contributions to society, particularly African-American men uh, in the fabric of our society. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music. You can follow me on Twitter at Patrick D. McCoy. You can like me on Facebook at Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music. You can follow my column on examiner.com, which is um, performing arts examiner, DC Performing Arts Examiner, and then you can also follow my column at Washington Life Magazine at Washington Life 
Com. Again, this has been Patrick B. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music. I want to wish you all a wonderful weekend, and I look forward to you joining us again very soon.